ladies and gentlemen! Welcome to the Doctor Script Show, where we talk about your favorite movies, what was good, what was bad, and how we can improve these movies. We don't just talk about the problems, we get solutions to the problems. Today, my lovely guest joining me for the finale of this three prequel trilogy, Dr. Sam! I'm sorry, Doctor. Dr. Sam isn't here. I can't... I, I, I lost my George Lucas. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring him back. I, I was, uh, he'll need a Diet Coke at some point. Oh, exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's great to be here. I can't believe we're about to clo- close, out, close out these movies with uh, Revenge of the Sith. How, how do you like Revenge of the Sith? I guess first on its own and then compared to the other two. Well, on its own, I liked it a lot. It's what everyone wanted for the prequels, you know? Like, it, this is like, we wanted to see Darth Vader's story. We wanted to see the darkness. We wanted to see the Empire win this one. And then, I mean, compared to the other two, it's like... Yeah, I mean... The margins are, you can't even... It, it's like talking about a preschool track team and you see a bolt. Like, it's it, not even <laughs> close. It's, it's just unfair, uh, really, how much better this one is than the rest. Because, like... If you go on Rotten Tomatoes, this one has like a 79, I think. And then Phantom mm. Menace is like a 65, and Attack of the Clones is like a 50-something. That divide should be much huger. Like, honestly, I think Revenge of the Sith needs to be higher up there, and those two other two need to be brought down yeah. like a lot more. Because this, I I really like this one. Like, in my, in, my, in my power rankings, this one goes a lot higher up than most people would probably give it credit for. Oh, me too. Honestly, I was trying to do my power rankings right now before we get to our next next week's movie and I was looking at it and I was like wow this is like sort of controversial I feel like so uh, stay tuned for that stay tuned for that yeah but this film it is just so much better because everyone wanted to like the prequels yes everyone no one wanted to go and hate these prequels and so when they finally got it they were just like yes yes thank goodness well because it took six years because the Phantom Menace came out in 99 and this one was 2005 and just People were just at their wits end, just being like, please let this, like, be something that's good. And I think, especially the trailers probably being a little darker than the other two. Yeah. And the fact that this was the first PG-13 Star Wars. Like, I think that I think that made people feel a lot better. Like, oh, this is going to go in the direction of, like, a lot more action, a lot more uh, of, of, what, of what people were actually looking for in the prequels rather than these, like silly space adventures because you're about to end this prequel trilogy with the empire winning yeah no like when watching it i was like wow they're literally doing everything that at least i wanted them to do in these prequels like Mm -hmm. oh look anakin's being a dick now (laughs) oh look there's actually like some chemistry between obi-wan and anakin yeah they finally hit those things that we've been talking about for the past two weeks well the interesting thing that i see about this is that I, I want to come kind of compare it to the MCU that's out right now, okay. whereas the most recent movie, well, the most recent two movies were Infinity War and Ant Man and the Wasp, and I feel like this one, Revenge of the Sith is great, but it kind of loses a little bit of its impact because we know the original trilogy happens and we know that everything works out. Yeah. But almost if those two swapped, what if the prequel trilogy happened first, and it ends on this really good movie on this super dark note? It kind of would be like Infinity War where everything looks super bleak, and it's like, I think people would have honestly been a lot more amazed to be like, oh my god, the the Empire won, their Jedi are disbanded, everything everything's bad. Like, there's a little bit of hope, because, you know, you see the suns in the desert, and everyone knows what the twin suns in the desert means. Mm-hmm. It's uh, hope's on the horizon, but it still <laughs> is like one of those re- really sad things, and I, I think this movie is still good, but it would have gotten a lot better, possibly, if we didn't know what happened. Yeah, it would be... 
All right, so say you have a kid right now. How do you show your kid the first two trilogies? Oh, absolutely show them the original trilogy first. Okay, I cool. yeah. Because <laughs> it's the order that they were made, and it is the order that they were meant to be seen, because I'm not going to tell my kid the twist at the end of Empire Strikes Back. I want to watch those movies with my kid, like, fresh, so that when they find out that, spoiler alert, Darth Vader is Luke's father, oh, that's going to blow their, like, five-year-old <laughs> mind... No, same here with me. I I also wouldn't want to traumatize my kid with, like, you know, the Empire winning and younglings dying. Yeah. Like, oh, don't worry there, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about younglings dying. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yucks. But also do it the same order as the uh, as the original movie, so just show them Return of the Jedi, then wait 19 years oh my God, before showing yeah. them the prequels. And then wait another 19 for Force Awakens. I think it was just 10 for Force Awakens. Which uh, I think oh, it yeah. felt a lot longer, but it wasn't actually that that long of a break. Mm, it's true. Also, important question: Are you going to show them the special editions or the OG? Versions? There are no OG. I have to like track down the OG because they don't exist. Because <laughs> George Lucas, he he's hiding. I'm hiding those those bad boys. Now it's only the special. Ed- you get the CGI, and you're gonna like it. I. I, I have a VHS copy of the OG original. Wait, ones. really? Yeah, my dad got it somehow. Um, so I'm just going to carry around a VHS with me, you know, till I have kids. <laughs> well, that's perfect. Yes, <laughs> please keep a VHS. And now I need to see this. Yeah, I or- also, fun fact, my parents still have a Laserdisc because they have a Song of the South oh, on no. Laserdisc. <laughs> Wait, did Song of the South never actually make it to VHS? Is Laserdisc, like, the only thing it made it to? I don't know. I don't know how they got it or anything, but I saw Song of the South. For those who don't know, Song of the South is the uh, <laughs> uh, movie that was that inspired the Splash Mountain ride, and it's very, like, Disney's dark uh, past that they try to ignore all the time. It's very controversial because people think it's a little bit racist. Uh, get ready for next week, kids, when we <laughs> fix Song of the South. <laughs> Uh, we changed it to Song of the North. Oh. Uh, no, uh, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, anyways. Hey, well, we should, also, we... you should, also, if you have the VHS, you should bring it to me so I can transfer it at work, because <laughs> I have, uh, at work, I have a VHS to digital copier. Oh, yeah? So, we, we could get, we could get oh. a, we could get a, oh. and don't, we Make shouldn't sure talk George about this publicly. This. <laughs> uh, what was that? I didn't, I didn't hear that, guys. Oh, Did you get my Diet Coke? <laughs> <laughs> We're on it. We got a PA going. Don't worry. It's like almost there. I'll, I'll get the voice fully there later. <laughs> But let's let's dive into some summary. All right, let's let's summarize this bad boy. Uh, so you know we open with the classic crawl going on, and I I love this. The first word in the crawl is just war. What <laughs> is it good for, Star? War is good for Star. Yes. And so <laughs> it's just basically saying how Chancellor Palpatine has now been or Senator. Chancellor. He's yeah. Chancellor, yeah. Um, has been captured by General Grievous, and there's a huge war going on. War is going on. And so we have this opening scene with Anakin and Obi-Wan flying around, destroying different ships and quipping, sort of. You know, this is like yeah. quipping when there, it was just like just starting out. This, you know? this, this is early quipping, kind of almost like the quipping you would have wanted them to have in Attack of the Clones. Yes, you know, this is exactly what I wanted in Attack of the Clones. And Phantom Bandits, maybe. Yeah. We'll give them at least, like, another scene or two together where they could, you know, have some kind of relationship. Yeah. But they honestly have so much more chemistry, even when they're not in the same ship, yeah. in these in this first, like, half hour than they did in the entire first two movies. Oh, God, it's ridiculous. But it also 
you know, if you like memes, this whole first third of the movie, this is like the most memed movie ever because you got Anakin being like, this is where the fun begins, General Grievous, his whole opening scenes are basically memes, yeah. and then we have Chancellor Palpatine with the classic... Mm. Do it, <laughs> which I I have I have used in my own performance life as a as a part time actor before, and I'm I've never been happier than pulling out my do it, because <laughs> it's just it's that voice that really gets it. But I I mean, how would you like summarize this first part? Because it is really the first third, but it is this giant just battle sequence. I would yeah, you know, this is what we wanted. You know, from yep. the, the second one, we wanted a battle sequence introducing Obi-Wan and uh, Anakin, quipping, having fun, to, and we're sucked into the action, too, because it's good. Oh, and it's badass, and they get on, they, I mean, yeah, they fight through the space mm-hmm. fleet, and they get on to Count Dooku's ship, yes. fight fight some more in there. Uh, R2-T2 has a little fun. Yeah, you know, they... Destroying shit. Honestly, they do an actual good job of what I think they were trying to do before, which is mix the comedy and the action together, yeah. where things like Jar Jar weren't working and, like, Attack of the Clones was just awkward. But then, like, you know, when he says things like, let's have some fun, like, of course that's cheesy, but then they go and blow stuff up and it's cool and they do, like, cool aerial sequences. Yeah. It finally took three movies. <laughs> they got Third their stride. Uh, so, yeah, so they go around and they end up going into Chancellor Palpatine's room where he's being holed and they're like, oh, we're going to save you. And then Count Dooku comes in and he's just like, what up, bitches? <laughs> in that tone. Yep. And <laughs> Anakin says like this one thing. He's like, you know, Count Dooku, last time you seen me, my my power has doubled. And I'm like, okay, someone's playing too much D&D. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a 17. <laughs> Ooh, Count Dooku. Oh, nat 20! Nat 20! Nat 20 means he loses his head. <laughs> well, both of his arms and his yeah. head. Uh, but yeah, they I mean, there's a really cool lightsaber fight with Count Dooku and, uh, and Anakin and Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan just gets thrown to the side, and they... I like how when he Count Dooku pulls down that whole mm-hmm. side and it lands on Obi-Wan, that Obi-Wan just moves a little out of the side. So you're like, no, he's not dead. It just got, he got pushed to the side a little got bit. Got pushed a little bit, but he was so incapacitated he couldn't help Anakin. Mm-hmm. So Anakin fights uh, Count Dooku and lets a little bit of that dark side out. He's, uh, he's, he's fighting with some ferocity. Yes, and so he ends up defeating Count Dooku, slices off his two arms, and he has... This light, two lightsabers over his head, and then what does Chancellor Palpatine say? Chancellor, well, first Chancellor Palpatine is like, "Go on, Anakin, you have to do it. You have to kill him to prove that, to stop him from doing what he he's been doing, and you must prove that you are the best." And he's like, "I don't know if I should do it." It's like, "No, you need to do it. I don't know if I can do it." And then he goes, "Do it." <laughs> and then Count Dooku looks like, "Wait, the fuck?" And then he does it. <laughs> and he slices it, which honestly was like one of the most traumatic, violent things I had seen when I was like 10 years old. Yeah. That was 2005. I was 10. My mom went on like the internets and was checking. <laughs> she was like, oh, but the Star Wars is PG-13. What's it mostly PG-13 for? And she was like, oh, heads roll. Mm. Taylor mm. can be, he's up for that. He's up for that. <laughs> yeah, he can handle this. Uh, but yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a really cool sequence and it's a really cool moment. They hold on it for a little bit to be like, oh, sh- shit. Yep. And this is what I'm saying. Anakin is finally a dick. <laughs> he does something dickish. <laughs> he did it. He did it. He went to the dark side. But he also didn't really go to the dark side on his own. It was through the persuasion of uh, uh, the Chancellor. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he always had the darkness in him. I guess we could argue that. But, yeah, he does that. Obi-Wan's like, come on, man. Why'd you, why'd you kill him? 
Well, Obi-Wan's un- uh, unconscious. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Obi-Wan. Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, but. Obi-Wan, so they take everyone up, and Obi-Wan wakes up as they're in, a, like, an elevator shaft, and Obi-Wan's like, oh, the fuck is going on? <laughs> and just, <laughs> Did I miss anything? Yeah, you missed a lot. The ship's about to go down. The ship sort of goes down, but not before General Grievous captures the three of them and takes them to, like, the main cell. And we get to meet General Grievous, who's, like, a robot human cat person. Well, he's basically, like, I forget what the origin is, because I don't know if they say it in the movie, but they do say it in, like, the Clone Wars, right? Where yeah. he, like, was an actual general who, like, got destroyed, and basically it was just, like, his organs and, like, brain remained, so they just put him in this big robot body. He's badass in the clo- animated clone uh 2D. Yes. Like, he is so cool in that. In this, he is so neutered. Like, well, Also in the same way, like, in, the in like, the 3D uh, Clone Wars, uh, Count Dooku's really cool. Like, he has, like, an actual really cool backstory and, like, a lot of stuff to do. Because did you know that Count Dooku was Qui-Gon Jinn's uh, master? I did not know that, actually. That's why he went to the dark side, is because his, after his apprentice was killed... At the, at, he did not believe in what the Republic was standing for anymore and switched over to the dark side to be like, no, we need to take down this bureaucracy that does not care about what happens to the people. It's oh. like, isn't that a great backstory? Yeah. Wouldn't that have been great to put into the movies? Yeah, wouldn't that be great to introduce Count Dooku, you know, in like the first half of Clone Wars? Or Attack uh, the Clones? Attack, yep, anyways. Yeah, anyways. So, uh, Grievous and Obi-Wan have some snarky comics to each other. They break out, fight each other. Then another thing that I don't like about Grievous in this is that he just runs away from everything. Mm-hmm. Which, like, he didn't do that in the 2D Attack of the Clones. No. I mean, to, to be fair, him running away does make sense because, you know, his body's been destroyed and he's probably, like, <laughs> as much as you want to admit it, he's super scared to actually confront people about things. So it, it, it makes sense, but it's annoying because he has this, like, badass-looking uh, yeah, design s- style. But, so he escapes. Anakin ends up saving the ship from crashing into more of the Coruscant. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, yeah, we did it. And Which then is also, you know, part of the thing where it's funny because they crash land <laughs> where they're trying to go, and it's, like, dramatic because they're like, ah, but then they pop out. It's like, hello, everybody. <laughs> What's up? What's up, dude? And now... They return the Chancellor to the, you know, people and everything. And we get our OG guy, Jar Jar, is back in the mix. Oh, yeah, with his two lines. I don't even know if he has a line. He's just there. He's well, he like, makes, hey. I think he makes noise. I feel like I heard him. <laughs> but, yeah, he's there, and Padme's there, and everyone's like, oh, hello, welcome back. And then Anakin and Padme go run off in such a not-secret hiding spot, yeah. <laughs> exactly where everyone just was, but behind a column. You know what anyone can walk? Behind that column? Anyone. I mean, Mace Windu was there, too, you know? Also, how do they not sense that they're behind that column? Mace Windu and Yoda... I forget, is Yoda there? I don't think so. But still, Mace Windu, second most powerful Jedi, does not sense that there's some canoodling going on (laughs) and that there's another life form inside of Padme. (laughs) Sorry, two other life forms inside of Padme. Uh, Yeah, so we find out that Padme's pregnant, and... Anakin takes us like a big pro, you know, even though this technically would, you know, destroy everything mm-hmm. that they've been keeping quiet. Jedi can't get married. Padme's yeah. a senator. They are not supposed to have any kind of relationship like this. But, you know. Love is love, man. Yeah. Uh, I guess. And, yeah. And so we 
find figure that out, and we go to this other scene where Padme and Anakin are just talking about... <laughs> Anakin's like, man, you're so beautiful, Padme. And she's like, it's only because I'm so in love. And he's yes. like, well, I'm more in love. <laughs> so when we said that we liked this movie, it didn't mean the dialogue was better. It just meant that other parts were better. Yeah, yeah. George still never got around to doing, making a good love story. No, uh, rip. Oh, well. We're still working on that Coke. Don't worry, man. Oh, th- thank you. Thank you. I'll just be over in my corner. Okay. <laughs> And we get this other scene where we find out that the Yoda and Mace Windu, I believe, are now worried that Chancellor Palpatine has too much power and mm-hmm. they want to send Anakin to spy on him, but they don't give Anakin the credit of masterhood, and yeah. Anakin doesn't take this well. But, like, the Jedi have been willing to, like, lie and do shitty things before, and I know you don't want to lie to one of your own, but, like... You, you, none of you guys trust this kid. The only reason this kid is here is because Qui-Gon Jinn wanted him, and Obi-Wan is his master. Yeah. No one, nobody else likes him, so just, just give him the title of Jedi Master, and then revoke it if you want to, or just don't officially make him a Jedi Master. Just don't fill out that part of the paperwork. <laughs> but clearly this kid is evil. Just, just tell him he's a Jedi Master. I don't know if it's, like, clear that he's evil, but, like, yeah, just give him the title, you know? Like, yeah, like be like the Queen of England. Just, you know, knight everyone. All, all you need is the title. All you need is that. And, like, the Jedi have a weird set code of honor, which I don't know if it's, if it's supposed to be intentional, that, like, they clearly have duplicitous, like, it motives, or if they're supposed to be these, like, actual pure things, and then they just... George Lucas messed up and made them kind of <laughs> do shitty things. Uh, it's probably a little both. Yeah. Uh, so they end up having Anakin go off and spy on Palpatine. Obi-Wan gets a hint of where Grievous could be, and he goes off to that planet. And we get this opera scene with Palpatine and Anakin. And I thought this was cool. Well, the, the silly thing is that it, it's an opera. It's a, <laughs> it's a literal space opera, the genre that Star Wars <laughs> exists in. And so that's kind of funny in and of itself. And it's like weird... But no, it's the two of them just sitting there and watching kind of like this light show with music in the background, and that's when uh, Chancellor Palpatine like explains where the Sith comes from and like kind of explains the dark side, and it's it's one of those things where you know we complain about dialogue before, but this it's a really good speech and a really good way to build mythology, but also give Anakin a more of a reason to feel like he needs to go to the dark. Side. It was. It's a, actually a really good combination of exposition and character development. Oh, I completely agree, because Palpatine really acts on this one fear that Anakin has, that he keeps having these visions of Padme dying, mm-hmm. and so now he's playing on Anakin's fear, which is like, you know, yeah. the dark side thing to do, and it gets into Anakin's head, you can see. Yeah. Well, because he has these visions, because he, he sees her dying in childbirth, like, he almost can, like, see the future, and he's like, I'm, I, don't, I want to prevent this, this is my, this is my code. And which, to be fair, is something that was set up in the other movie that he couldn't prevent his mother from dying, and that's what he wanted to do. So, good for you, George. You kept you kept the theme going. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's poetry it rhymes. Oh, it's poetry it rhymes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I yeah I really liked it, and it made a lot of sense. And Palpatine definitely convinces him to start thinking about doing some stuff. Yeah. Uh, so then we get. Obi-Wan going down and seeing this one planet that Grievous is on. He talks to some locals, and the locals are like, oh, it's fine here. And they go up, and they're like, it's not fine. <laughs> we are at gunpoint. And 
Obi-Wan's like, all right, get your people ready. Uh, if you have any, we'll start fighting. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan, like, goes and gets this, like, really loud lizard coming up. <laughs> and he overhears the Separatists talking. Obi-Wan listens to what Grief is telling the Separatists, and he's basically like, yo, go to Mustafar. You'll be safe there. It's full of lava. Nothing bad's going to happen. Hey, guess what? Some bad stuff happens uh, later. Ooh-wee. And now Obi-Wan just drops down and is like, yo, what's up, Grievous? You want to go? And then Grievous is like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Which, was that supposed to be part of the plan that he drops in and then, like, they scatter and then they're going to fight? Or was that just, like, an Obi-Wan improv moment? I think it's an Obi-Wan improv because for some whatever reason, Obi-Wan wants to have a dick measuring contest with <laughs> Yeah. With this giant metal man with four lightsabers. Yeah, and so they, they have a little fight, and they end up... This is right when the other clones start attacking, and Drenal Grievous runs away again, and Obi-Wan follows him on the giant lizard. Mm-hmm. And now uh, we're going back to the main Coruscant, and Anakin has just figured out that Palpatine is the Emperor! Oh uh, no! Well, he's he... not the Emperor, he's just evil right now. Uh, okay, yeah, he's suspecting that he's evil right now. And he's like, oh, you're evil. And then he runs off and talks to Mace Windu. He's like, hey, he's evil. And Mace Windu's like, whoa, really? That's crazy. Wow. It's like, All hey, of a sudden, it's being run by the Sith. Hey, can I be a Jedi Master now? No, of course not. <laughs> they take it really casually. Like, really, guys? This is, like, a big deal. Well, I mean, it is the thing that they had been suspecting it probably for the last three years. So, like, because this movie does take place three years after Attack of the Clones, and it sounds like they already knew that something was shifty in the fact that Chancellor Palpatine became Chancellor through nefarious means. And so I I don't, I don't think they're, it's necessarily a surprise. I think they're just confirming their suspicions. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Mace Windu tells Anakin, you know, stay put. We're going to go deal with these guy, this guy. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't completely understand why Mace didn't want Anakin to be there. Well, I think he didn't want him to be there because he knew about... He knows the, the darkness inside of Anakin. And Mace Windu, I think, either that or he actually, you know, is trying to protect Anakin and thinks that he's, you know, he's the only one qualified to take down the Chancellor. Mm. One of those two things, again, it's not very clear. That's why he's got a 79%. <laughs> so Mace Windu and... Four, three other Jedis go and confront Senator Palpatine. Senator Palpatine, if you want another meme here, <laughs> is like, um, Mace Windu's like, oh, you're under arrest, and you'll be have the court and the Senate. And then Chancellor Palpatine's like, I am the Senate! And is like, Rawr! and literally just like jumps and attacks him. Mm-hmm. Takes down two of the Jedis fairly easy. Then he takes down another Jedi... With, like, a, you know, he has to hit his lightsaber once, and then yeah. he takes him down. This this fight scene could have been a little cooler if there were more things happening, but, I you mean, know. he's also supposed to be the all-powerful emperor. He's almost about to be the all-powerful emperor. He could have taken down these Jedis a little bit cooler. Yeah, instead of just, like, literally, like, shanking one. Kit Fisto, the oh, fishing. Kit Fisto. Yeah. Oh, R.I.P., man. He's got such a great backstory between movies. And he just gets sliced up, and that's it. Ah. See, again, watch the 3D Clone Wars. I don't remember if he's in the 2D Clone he is, Wars. He doesn't have any lines in the 2D, if I remember right, but he has, like, this whole underwater episode. Yeah, but, like, in the 3D Clone Wars, he gets, like, entire episodes to himself. And 
Kit Fisto's just like always around the people like oh he's so like he's kind of like the Boba Fett of the Jedi yeah. I would say it's like oh he doesn't have a lot to do but like I bet he's got a lot of cool oh okay rip so the two Mace Windu and Chancellor Palpatine are fighting Anakin decides to come back and he runs up and Mace Windu basically has Palpatine at his lightsaber and is about to kill him Anakin's like, no, don't kill him. I need him to save Padme. And Mace Windu's like, nah. And he's about to kill him. And Anakin chops off his arm. And Palpatine just throws Mace out of the window. Well, that's like as Palpatine is like force lightninging, trying to force lightning Mace Windu. But somehow the lightsaber like reflects the lightning back towards him. And that's how the Emperor gets his all weird like melty face. Yeah. And again, like, you know, hey... Anakin, if if this guy didn't want to die, he didn't have to shock himself. Like, you know when a kid just keeps using a fork and putting mm-hmm. it in a socket? It's like at some point that kid's just... Listen, I feel bad for you, but I'm not going to... I can't stop you if you're going to do this this much. Exactly. But, yep, he, uh, he fucking kills Mace Windu. Yep, rip, rip. You know, Bobo Fett's probably peeved about that. <laughs> But anyways, so now Palpatine inducts Anakin into the dark side, and he is now Lord Vader. He is now Darth Vader. I was hoping we would wait to name him Darth Vader until he got all the the helmet and the gear on. Yeah. But, you know, I can look at little baby face Hayden Christensen and be like, you're Darth Vader. I'll allow it. Yeah, they put enough eye makeup on it where, you know, he's got the yellow eyes now mm-hmm. and they do they did some interesting eye work in general because like when obi-wan is about to fight general grievous they go up on Grievous's eyes and they're mm-hmm. all like you know muggy and yellow and then they do a close-up on obi-wan's and his are just like pure and blue that's pretty cool yeah good good job george you give you guys, we're giving you points where we can listen he's he's got a little bit of a little bit of an artistic streak left in him yeah and so now Palpatine calls Order 66 to come through, and they kill a ton of freaking Jedi, man. Which is also a little disappointing that these Jedi, with all these skills, just get taken down by some clone soldiers. Yeah, I, but I mean, how else do you really show that? Well, you like, I don't know, There's you could possibly have other Jedi in on, you know, the whole cause. I, the Again, the point of, like, the Clone Wars... TV shows to show that there's, like, people on all the sides. Like, there was Asajj Ventress, who was, like, Count Dooku's apprentice for a while. And there are other people that, like, have these kind of powers that, you know, just because they... We didn't have the Clone Wars TV show, obviously, but, like, they could have thought of something like that where there are, you know... Kit Fisto could have been someone who changed, who traded sides uh, and just yeah. had a couple other Jedi on that that traded over. And then, you know, we just assumed that through the time they, they became assassins for the Empire, either they died off or they just weren't there during the Death Star battle. Oof, that would have been cool. But, yeah, because I just think that a bunch of blasters, these are, like, the most highly trained warriors of all time. <laughs> they could easily deflect these blasters. Well, they got the jump on them, you know? Kind of. I would say the one lamest death I've seen was in the, like, the um, colorful planet with all the plants and everything. Mm-hmm. With the one blue... Jedi who just like gets turns and she's just getting shot and just goes like her hands go up and just yep. falls down. No, that's the that's the one I'm thinking of because that's the quintessential like well, you didn't have to die. Yeah, well she didn't even look like she tried. She looked like she tripped over a log. Yeah, <laughs> and 
Oh, man, it was bad. Like, But also, that character was a visual effect, which means they could have made her look like anything. Really? Well, I assume, because, like, I, it was probably a little bit of makeup and a little bit of visual effects. But, like, you could have manipulated that person to be whatever you wanted when they fell down. Oh, uh, what a waste. Yeah, but they, uh... But no, it's cool. It, it's, it's a cool sequence. I just wish it was done without the clone, or at least the clones with other things. Mm-hmm. Some, or just... Some just like a some tank more well shoot. done, yeah, <laughs> like something more well done that like it doesn't seem like it's just out of the blue and like easily avoidable. Yeah, I guess I I still think it's one of the most impactful moments of the movie. Absolutely, just because it's like wow, the downfall is literally happening in minutes. Well, it's like the like from Breaking Bad. There's a there's that one part where he uh, he organizes a bunch of hits in like the prisons. Yeah, like a coordinated attack with like ten prisoners killed in like two minutes. And that's, that's a pretty cool sequence. That's kind of what I would uh, base it on. Because that just in and of itself is really, is like showing the coordinated attack, which also goes back to The Godfather, where they, during that baptism scene, they uh, they kill off the entire, like all their rival gangs. Not a bad thing to base the, this mm-hmm. part off of. And we end with Yoda realizing what's going on and killing two of the other clones. Mm-hmm. And Yoda also is at Kashyyyk with a bunch of uh, Yeah, that happened a while ago. Uh, he... Yeah, Yoda goes to visit the Wookiees. Yeah, to help them attack, and he's honestly just like in the box seat watching this whole battle happen. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a it's a cool battle, but it's a huge CGI fest. Yeah, that like is kind of like okay, I don't care. Like, this is you know watching the Wookiees get exterminated is kind of sad because we only know about one of them. Mm -hmm. But me, yeah. So then Yoda is like, oh, I gotta dip out, and he dips, but not before saying, "So long, Chewbacca," and he's like. Can you do it? Because I can't. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But I'm sorry, mine al- was like the Wilhelm version of Chewbacca. It's also so so weird that they're trying to say that Chewbacca has always been this like heroic noble figure, even though in another movie that comes out, mm. he's not a heroic noble. F- well, yeah. we don't we don't hear about his backstory that much in that movie. <laughs> we can get to that, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> And now we also see Anakin going to attack the Jedi Temple. And all the clones are just attacking, attacking every Jedi there. And Anakin goes into this one room with a bunch of little kids. And they ask him, like, Mr. Skywalker, what do we do? And you know what he does? Gives them candy. And they walk away and they're fine. No, he walks in and ignites his lightsaber. And then attacks yeah. them like they are a bunch of pinatas. Which also... Again, similar to the clone scene, is a very impactful scene. However, it's a little undone because, like, it's just... It is a little weird that he would go in and kill all these kids. Like, he he just became evil. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's, like, an hour and a half into it, and he's already willing to kill little kids. And Yeah, but, again, that just goes to show how strong the dark side is that he's caught over. Because, yeah, that's that's one of the strongest things you can do is kill a child in a movie. Yeah, it's like killing a dog, man. You just don't do it. <laughs> or killing a Chewbacca. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's that. I mean, they... And Chancellor well, Organa comes. Uh, has Obi-Wan already killed General Grievous at this point? Uh, shoot, I've messed that part up. That's fine. We'll come back to that. Well, the main part of the story is that he kills General Grievous. Yeah, sure. He kills General Grievous and uh, his lightsaber falls down. Uh, Obi-Wan gets it returned from his commander Cody and then they get told Order 66 and they try and kill him. Yep, and Obi-Wan escapes and 
General Agana sees, he comes oh, yeah. down and is like, what's up with all the fire? And the clones are basically like, oh, it's fine. You got to leave or we're going to shoot you. And he's like, whoa, all right. And he's about to take off and this kid Jedi comes and like sort of, and you know, kills a couple of clones. But then they get shot, they get, he gets shot down. And then Organa's like, what the fuck? And he just dips out. And then that's where he's like, yo, we got to save these Jedi. Like they're about to get hunted. And he picks up. Yoda and uh, Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And so they talk, and they're like, what are we going to do? And they to make a plan. And as that's going on, Padme sees there's this whole fire on the Jedi Temple. Anakin comes back, and she's like, what's going on? She's like, it's fine. The Jedi tried to overtake the Senate. Um, I'm going to Mustafar to end this war. Which is weird, because if he's against the Jedi, why would he go to Mustafar where the Separatists are? Because he's going to go kill the Separatists. None of this makes sense. Classic. Because uh, then he says that, and Padme's like, you can't do that. She's like, he's like, no, no, no. I am I am going to do this for, for us. For the baby. This is for the baby. We're in war. <laughs> war. <laughs> and is this when Chancellor Palpatine declares himself the Emperor? Because I think this is when it happens, right? Yeah, it's... They... After Yoda and Obi-Wan are told with Organa to come back, that's when Obi-Wan, or, uh, Organa goes up with Padme, and they get the whole speech from Emperor Palpatine now. And he's basically saying, we're going to be the first galactic empire, and Padme's just like, wow, so this is how democracy ends, and thunderous applause. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yep, someone didn't like yep. the Bush administration. Ah, <laughs> uh, politics. Rip. Well, he said that, uh, George Lucas said that this was based more on the the time than during the Vietnam War. Oh. But then he all, then like in some interview he admitted, he's like, this was all based on like stuff in Vietnam. He's like, but it's a little weird how the Vietnam War and the Iraq War are pretty similar, right? (laughs) Give that man a Coke. (laughs) I want my Diet Coke. And because I'm politically act fucking, uh, I don't know how, I've lost it. In just like a week, I forgot how to do George Lucas. I'm sorry. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll keep working on it. But yeah, so they, he's a Galactic Empire, Emperor, uh, Obi-Wan tries to convince Padme, like, hey, Anakin's on the dark side now. And she's like, what? He's like, yep. And Well, he, Obi-Wan well, finds out after going through all the Jedi archives. And yeah, like, you know, uh, watches them kill children. Yeah, you know, as one does. As one does. And yeah, then he goes back to Padme and he's like, yo, he's killing babies. And Padme's like, what? Nah. And he's like... It's true. And then he's like, hey, so, Anakin's the dad for your baby right there, right? And she's like, whoops. Also, Obi-Wan, so everybody knew. Well, we're just going to assume that everybody knew and they were just going to let him live this fantasy. I, you know what? Sure. I feel like the Jedi's pretty loose on most things. But, Like, like, why didn't they just confront him about it in the first place? I don't know. I Maybe they had suspicions, and then Obi-Wan just connected the dots at that one moment. We've sort of established that the Jedi are not the brightest. They did, But let they're supposed to be the smartest people and the most intuitive people in the universe. They did live, let the Sith Lord take over the whole Galactic Federation. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But yeah, so Anakin goes to Musafar to kill all the Separatist leaders. And he does it. And he does he, it. He, and then, good job. Padme, Padme comes down. Padme and Obi-Wan come down. And Padme's like, what's going on, blah, blah, And she, she's like, Obi-Wan told me you killed children. And he's like, what? No. What? 
And then he sees Obi-Wan's there, and he's like, oh, you've betrayed me, and starts force-choking Padme. And then Obi-Wan's like, let her go, and they do. And they have this huge little fight. It's cool. I liked it. It's, what, the fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan? Yeah. Oh, my God, that's the best part of the movie for me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That, Because that's the actual intensity of everything, the thing they're trying to, like, build towards. Which, you know, would have been stronger had they had more moments together. But yeah, no, that that was I, the one thing I was like, oh my god, if they used this other movie or two to build it up, this would have been, like, the most heart-wrenching scene ever. Like, these brothers fighting each other. Because they, it, it really, but it really is intense. Like, they talk to each other during it, and, like, they're, Obi-Wan's still grasping at, like, the tiniest bit of hope that he can reach Anakin and, like, pull him back to the, to the correct side, and then Anakin is still just, like, so upset because all, all he was going for was trying to save Padme, and then he thinks that, you know, she's, like, dead, so he's got nothing left to live for. And he's just spiraling. And at and, the same time, we have Yoda fighting Chancellor Palpatine, or Emperor Palpatine, mm-hmm. too. And they, I like Yoda, how he enters the scene. He, the, the guard's like, oh, shit, and he's just like, no, nah, and swipes <laughs> him down. And then the other blue alien's like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> he just walks out. Well, because cause Yoda and Palpatine's battle's, like, in the Senate. Yeah. And, like, it just, like, is this intense, like, destruction of everything that is government and, like, all that. And it's like, wow, Georgie did a little symbolism. Yeah. Hey, he, buddy. He did well. He did well. You it's know? True he he really earned that 79%. <laughs> yeah, because for everything that's not good, it is counterbalanced by something that's pretty great. Yeah. But yeah, the Yoda fight with Palpatine's pretty great. It's Yoda, it's like it's similar to the Count Dooku one where Yoda's just flipping around and just like kicking ass. I just love seeing Yoda fight. I know some people really don't like that, but I love seeing Yoda fight. The part that I'm a little pissed though is that because Yoda is supposed to be the best Jedi ever, and we never see him win a fight. Yeah, that's true. He, Wait till the Yoda prequel comes he, out. He's only ever tied in fights. Does he technically lose this fight? Uh, I mean, I feel like it's a stalemate because they both live to move on. Yeah, I guess, I, yeah. I mean, it depends on what you count a loss as. If you just, if it's supposed to be a fight to the death, then it's a stalemate. But if it's a fight to subdue the other person, then uh, Palpatine wins. I guess, like, because I enjoyed the fight and everything, and after Yoda falls, he, like, takes it so badly. He's like, I've failed, like, I need to go into exile now. And I'm like, Yoda, you could have just gotten up and grabbed your lightsaber and fight more. I guess. Like, it, well, it is weird that I feel like he did a complete 180 from, like, I'm going to fight this guy to I lost, I need to go stay on a lake now and yeah. think about this for 20, 30 years. I mean, he might have just, like, really just gone... Things could have just gone super down the deep end for him, like, after losing the fight. I don't know. I'd, I'm trying to define it as much as I can, but, like, it, it doesn't make sense that someone who is, like, you know, 600 years old and, like, in the prime of his life fighting 600 like, years old doesn't right. just feels like he's not strong enough anymore I guess that was one thing that I think we should maybe come back to is like why is Yoda feel so defeated after yeah. just falling you know a couple floors uh, but yeah but then the, back at the fight on Musafar with Obi-Wan and Anakin it's getting intense and lava spurting everywhere things are falling down but then we are we get to possibly the the memeiest moment of this <laughs> of the thing where they're fighting and Obi-Wan's, like, looking down on him from the top of the hill, and Anakin's just standing there. He's, like, like ready to attack, and Obi-Wan's like, Don't do it, Anakin! I have the high ground! And Anakin's like, You underestimate my powers! And he jumps 
and, and Obi Wan slices, slices off all like, of his limbs. Did you see the first one? Did you see how this ended for Darth Maul? And he had the high ground. Yeah, which, and, I mean, it's a little annoying that the entire Darth Vader's existence just comes to the fact that Obi Wan happened to be standing on top of a hill. <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's it's using the the you know terrain to your advantage. I think if he didn't say that, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that Obi Wan explained why he was going to win the fight. <laughs> that it was just a very simplistic reason of being like, I'm up here, you're down there, you can't jump as high as I'm going to swing at you. That Yeah, that's true. And then <laughs> Anakin just yelling about how powerful he is is still funny. But again, also also impactful if it wasn't so funny. Yeah, I but mean, then, the funniest line is definitely like, uh, Anakin, you were supposed to join us. We're the good guys. And Anakin's like, well, from my perspective, the Jedi are the bad guys. Which, again, is him explaining, even though it's, like, this other thing. But then once after Obi-Wan's cut off his legs and, like, his arm is just burning, Obi-Wan's just looking at him, like, and it is emotional. He's just yelling at him, like, you were the chosen one. Like, I, you, you were meant to destroy the Sith. Not join not it. Not join it. You, and then he just gets down to the nitty-gritty of it. He's like, I loved you like a brother, which is, like, basically him saying that, like, yeah, we're, all the Jedi are bullshit because we're supposed to detach ourselves from emotion and physical things and I still loved you the whole time which it, in a in a better movie with a lot better things that would have been amazing yeah oh man yeah George did a great job with this one I feel like but the yes. other two he could just like miss so it much potential whiffed on that yeah but so let's try and wrap this up yeah so Ob- Ob- Obi-Wan leaves thinking that he's gonna let Anakin burn die mm-hmm. good, <laughs> good fucking plan <laughs> Uh, always works out. Yep. Uh, Obi Wan should really just kill every yeah. guy he splits in half because it didn't. It didn't work either time. But basically, Obi Wan comes back. Padme goes back to Padme. She's still alive and ends up giving birth to Luke and Leia. Then she dies in childbirth after seeing her babies because she's lost. Well, she lost the will to survive. Mm-hmm. Yoda suggests splitting them up. General slash Senator Organa. I forget which one he is, but uh, Mister Organa takes Leia, and Obi Wan decides to take. Uh, Luke to Anakin's former uh, uh, brother-in-law or stepbrother, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's his uncle Owen and Aunt Beru takes him over there, and he's also told Obi Wan's also told that he could learn a lot more about the Force from Yoda and by learning from his old master. Qui-Gon if they, Jin. if he kind of just you know, if he stays in the desert with Luke, watching over him, but also speaking to the ghost version of Obi of Qui Gon Jinn, and from there uh, we get. Darth Vader coming to fruition, yes. like seeing his whole transformation from human to robot, and he first thing he asked to Palpatine is like, "Where's Lord? my girlfriend?" And then Which Palpatine, it's not a, it's not a fair. <laughs> people make fun of that. It's not a fair thing because it's a he's in love with her. Yeah, and then Palpatine's just like, "She dead," and then Darth Vader would be like, "No." no. Again, if you built that romance up, maybe that'd be a better moment. Uh, yeah, Instead you know, if, just they just, if they didn't have to use fork and knives to cut the <laughs> you know, it would have been so much better. But yeah, so then they start overseeing plans for the Death Star, watching it get built. And that's yeah. when we see that Obi-Wan gives yeah. Luke up to uh, Owen. And we pan over and we see directed and written by George Lucas. And that's the film. Yeah. Good job, George. You Good job, got George. this, you know, third time's a charm. There's some little things I would say, but you finally, you know, you took a time-traveling machine, went into the future, listened to what we had to say, came <laughs> back, and fixed it in the third one. 
well, thank you. I, I really worked. I worked really hard on this. Yes, you. Uh, did. We 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 went through many diet cokes to get this script done. Uh, it was a it was a very good time, and I'm I'm glad I'm glad you all liked it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, after talking about it, like I, I see a lot more of the problems talking about it out loud, and I do. Uh, I kind of think the seventy nine actually is a little bit more appropriate now that I'm saying it out loud. But it still is really good. Like the parts that are good are really good, and yeah. the what we've been talking about, like all the the deep, the deeper stuff, and like the things that are emotional. It's like we said in the other ones, like the ideas that George Lucas had would be really good in a better executed film and a better executed series. Yeah, absolutely. Like this is the climactic end to the trilogy, and the thing is, like you haven't really built anything up in the other two movies. Because mm-hmm. you could just pop this one on, and it's fu- which should be a movie's job, mm-hmm. is that you pop one on and that's all that you need. But if you have the supplemental information, it makes things even deeper. Yeah, I mean, I showed this film to my girlfriend the like a few months ago, and I was like, honestly, I don't think you need to watch the first two. We can just pop this one in. Mm-hmm. And she was still like sort of bored with the first half of like sitting and talking, but like this one has way more action in it, and you really don't need to see the other two. No, you really... You honestly don't, which is... A little disappointing that, like, even having knowledge, like, having knowledge of the other two doesn't really matter, because it's, it's basically like, if you, if you watch, I'm going to just use the same example, Avengers Infinity War, (laughs) you could watch that as a single movie, and you probably would get the gist of it and understand the story, and it'd be a pretty good movie from start to finish. But if you don't have the other 18 films of context, then it becomes a whole different, fuller experience. Whereas if you watch Revenge of the Sith on its own, it is what it is. And if you watch it with the context of the other two movies, it's still the same movie. It just, it just is. Yeah, there's just a really a lot of missed potential in the other two. Mm-hmm. Like, this one does a good job with, like, sort of recapping it all. But it could just have so much more heavy, like, heart to it. Because, yeah, going back to Infinity Wars, when you see Gamora get thrown off the cliff... Spoilers like, for Infinity War, but you should have seen it by now because yeah. it made one point. 80 million bedillion dollars. Bedillion dollars. But it is a lot more impactful to see Gamora thrown off seeing Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 mm-hmm. than it is just to see it the first time. You're just like, oh, yeah, the Korean alien got thrown off the edge. Yeah, because you see her anger throughout from both of the Guardians movies about being Thanos' daughter and the fact that she's killed in his hand uh, is, super, is a lot. But if you don't have that, then it's like, okay... We get that it's important, but that's about it. Yeah. So it's it still is effective on its own, but it's more effective knowing what you know. So, uh, yeah, should we, we... We took a long time for the summary. Do you want to just dive into the, the surgery now? Yeah, let's go take this under. Let's get our little lightsabers and take this one apart. Uh, all right, what would, you, what would you fix? General Grievous, man. I know yeah. we sort of skimmed over him on this, but... I mean, there's probably a reason why we skipped over yeah, him. Yeah, but exactly, that's why... I want him to be more involved in the mm-hmm. beginning, I guess. Like, when Dooku and Anakin are fighting, maybe have Obi-Wan be fighting Grievous 2, and they're, like, getting mad at each other, and there's, like, sort of a built rivalry starting there. And I just need, like, I want a better introduction for Grievous, because he's just, like, an old man coughing, basically, in this. Yeah. But if you've seen, like, the other sh- animated shorts, he's a badass. Like, he takes down Jedis left and right, He's, like, very talented with the lightsaber. And 
They yeah. just neuter him I so mean, hard. I would I would recommend honestly go in one of two directions with it. If they're gonna do this whole like thing where he runs away, you know, and barely fights, and he's this old coughing man that they're still keeping around for some reason, <laughs> they probably should just get a new guy. Then either make him like a lot skinnier, like you know, and he's like actually frail and like not not very skilled except you know at the very end when he pulls out his four lightsabers and like is you know trying his best mm-hmm. or you go in the opposite direction and you just tank him out like make him huge and just get be the make him like the guy who fights because he is this robot now the Schwarzenegger exactly version. like he's just buff end to end with five lightsabers just well, honestly because like... the because the whole point is that like the the droids they use are very skinny like the fight droids are very skinny and Darth Vader's like a very well put together like robot man. If they make General Grievous the exact opposite of the droids and make him too big, that's and that's like his downfall. Like he's just so aggressive that he's like, I can do anything and not die. Then that's something else. And then you do something in the middle where you get Darth Vader. Say you're an outside viewer and you're seeing Grievous, what do you think? And if I'm like an outside like don't know any of this stuff and I'm just seeing this yeah, machine seeing... that's coughing and then he pulls out four lightsabers. Yes. I'd say he's cool in theory, but like kind of weak in execution, like the Star Wars prequel trilogy <laughs> in, in in a nutshell. Because it is a really cool idea to have this like you know t- Dorito torso shaped like robot man who's got four lightsabers and like you know he's got a pass so he's like coughing and like ill, but he still pulls out four lightsabers and knows how to use them. I there's there's some there's something there's something to that that they just don't. They don't pull all the way. That I think, yeah, I th- it, I'm not one for extremes. I like to live in the middle ground in real life. But in this movie, I'd like for him to either be skinny coward who, like, shows his badassery at the last second, or he's just this hulking tank that gets taken down by Obi-Wan after they have, like what you said, like having this big rivalry kind of from the first battle. Yeah. yeah. What, do you th- what else would you want to change in general? Uh, I mean, in general, I, again, the... I feel like the Order sixty six needs to be cooler, and I don't. I don't cooler shouldn't be a a, th- a factor in making a good movie, but like, it it really does not work for me that it's just the clone troopers that kill these that kill these Jedi, mm-hmm. because again they as much of it is a surprise that it's like oh the clones were on our side, there has to be some sort of Jedi sense or you know training that they have that be like oh no I could stop these and then like escape, it would be great if Anakin is still part of at least half of the Jedi killings. Uh, and then there's either some other Jedi that got turned or the Emperor himself shows up and it's like, oh, uh, Chancellor Palpatine, is everything okay? He's like, everything's fine now, and, like, kills them. Like, they, they <laughs> split their time. Cool. That would be cool. And the, the clone troopers are there to kind of, like, back things up so that even if they... Uh, they could still shoot and kill a few of them, but it would make a lot more sense if there was more... Uh, if there was more Jedi on Jedi, like, killing. Because it, it, it really is kind of weak to me that, that it's it's just Order 66. Yeah. No, I, I like your idea a lot. That mm-hmm. would it would be cool to see Palpatine in his mode still killing people. Oh, the biggest thing. Give Padme more to do. Oh, yeah. Give Pad, Padme... Say what you will about the first two movies. At least Padme's somewhat of a badass woman in the first two. Like, she's a queen who, like, goes undercover and forces the Gungans to, like, take part in a war that they don't want to be part of, but she, like, rallies the troops. In the second one, she gets elected to the Senate and, like, totally, like, inadvertently, like, gets the Chancellor elected, but, like, 
really shows the people like that she's a person to be listened to and a person that should be reckoned with. In this, she sits at a window <laughs> with babies and like, you could still be a badass pregnant woman. Maybe even have her reveal her pregnancy to other people and then they're like, oh my goodness, this is a scandal. And she's like, no, this is my life. This is my choice. I'm going to go to the Senate and vote against oh. Chancellor Palpatine to become the emperor. Show her going to the Senate. Show her doing these things that are trying to oppose it. And then she's actually being hunted by him now. And that's what makes her go with Obi-Wan to be like, no, I can't believe that, that he, Anakin would do this because she's now seen firsthand that the emperor is doing all this and that she's going out there and being this figure in the world. That, that would be an interesting point of view because if she's like if it is more of Anakin's decision to pick between Padme and the dark side in Mm -hmm. that one scene of her say Anakin believes that she is now like flipped and she's with Obi-Wan like does he actually just kill her straight up being like oh like you're not with me blah 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 and then like he's totally engulfed in the dark side he is not justified anymore because Mm -hmm. he the one reason why he had all this he's done what do you think about that like, I, I guess that is sort of a way what they were doing with it, but, like, it's not really Padme's decision. It's more just, like, she's been thrown into that situation. Yeah. Well, I think if she sees what happens with the Emperor or just sees that there's a lot more evil going on and she's actively participating and she goes to Anakin and just isn't just, like, I like she's mysteriously surprised that he's bad. Like, she knows that he's been doing these evil things and she finally has to confront him about it and, like, basically says, you're not the person that I love anymore and says that, like, you need to... I don't care about living forever. I don't care about the things that you're going for. I just want... And that's when he snaps and it's like, oh, you you think everything I've done for you like is for nothing? And it's, you know, if we're going to do more more symbolism of things, it's easily toxic masculinity right there. <laughs> and, like, I, I think you could have done so much more just by putting Padme... And it doesn't even have to add time to it. Take those scenes where Padme's looking out a window and substitute them with her going to meetings while she's pregnant. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah, because she, her character takes a total 180 on yeah. this whole movie, like, just being a stay-at-home mom, because she is just so active in the second one, at least, like, she is the one being like, all right, Anakin, you don't need to go, but I'm going, and you need to go where I'm going, so yes. we're going to go see Obi-Wan in the second one. Like, that's her taking initiative and, like, making the decision, rather than just, like, being like, what's going on? I'm so confused. Mm-hmm. And see, Therapia is just like, oh, I feel worthless, and we're like, yeah, you yep. still are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's a big big push for me because you could, if it's about timing, take out take out some of those unnecessary like you know, take out a couple of those Jedi deaths with that are just by the clone troopers, and you can even cut down on the opening space battle. I have a fun fact about the opening space battle once we get to fun facts, but yeah, right. good to know. the uh, yeah, build up Grievous, build up Padme, <laughs> make Order sixty six cooler. Those are my big things. What do you think of the Yoda fight? We talked about that in the summary. Like, can we give him a reason of why he feels so defeated now and, like, he feels ashamed that he needs to go into exile? Because uh, that one thing does sort of bother me during it. I honestly think if Palpatine, not force lightnings him, but, like, almost, like, force, like, breaks some of his bones, mm. like, and actually, like, cripples him, because, you know, when we see him in uh, Empire Strikes Back, he's somewhat nimble, but he still uses the cane and kind of, like, wobbles around and, like, he can, you know, jump and do certain things, but not as not as well as he clearly can in the prequels. Right. And I think if 
if uh, Palpatine like does like a very an internal like force break on certain parts of his body, I think that would like especially like mess him up for for the future because that's just such a like yeah. you can't there's nothing you can do. You're broken from the inside. And I think having, possibly getting, you know, someone to take him to Dagobah, that could be Obi-Wan's, like, last last time talking to him, is takes him to Dagobah, set, helps set up, like, his camp. It's like, it's okay, I'll rest here. And don't, don't, and then Obi-Wan's like, oh, I need to stay with you until you get better. He's like, no, I have company. And we could force ghost Qui-Gon Jinn. Hey! Just, because we can. No, I like that. I, I Good job. You fixed that up. <laughs> you fixed that very well. Because if, if it's just Palpatine, like, defeats him in battle for a moment... It's not... Yoda's been defeated before. Yeah, he's had these stalemates before. Like, And I get that it, it is the Empire has taken over and he can't really be a Jedi while the Empire is there. But he could. He doesn't need to go necessarily into isolation. He could still work with the Rebels. Yeah, like, there's definitely more Jedi that he could go out and save and not just let them die. Because mm-hmm. I believe one of the deleted scenes in this movie is just Yoda showing up to Deobah, being like... <sighs> And, yo, like, there are yeah. definitely other Jedi that survived that. Like, well, you could I, go out and try and help them. Because I think we do see that, because in uh, another Star Wars series, in Rebels, I'm pretty sure there are, like, other, there's other Jedi that exist out there that are s- still fighting the good fight that Yoda clearly knows about but isn't doing anything. And I think that's, that's a thing where he needs, he needs to get physically and emotionally scarred. And I, I would, I would want to have that little Qui-Gon cameo just for a second, just to be like, Yoda isn't actually alone for the last 30 years. No. He's, he's mostly alone, but he's not completely alone. Yeah. No, that would be a nice little touch. Because Qui-Gon really is the first one that's ever been, like, a Force ghost, right? That's, like, what they're getting at? Yeah, I think the... Because the, what Yoda says at the end to Obi-Wan is, there's still much for you to learn. Is like, how? Is like, well, I, uh, you could talk to your old master, Qui-Gon Jinn. And I think that's kind of the the first time that Obi Wan at least figures out that you can talk to people from the dead. Okay. Uh, who, if you're powerful with the Force, and so are they, that you could you could have a communication with them. George couldn't get uh, good old Liam Neeson to come back. For yeah, a quick cameo. I, I think uh, I think that was I think that actually was a thing that happened is that they couldn't get figure out a way to make Liam Neeson come back. Oh. I don't know. I I forget what Wikipedia told me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though because it does give a little like. Okay, Yoda's not by himself going crazy. And I like that Yoda now does have a reason that he can't fight Palpatine anymore, and he does feel defeated. That was a good fix. Good fix. Cool. Thank you. I, I I thought of that one kind of on the fly, but that one really made is honestly the only way that it makes sense that Yoda couldn't keep fighting. Yeah. So we always talk about our favorite character in this whole trilogy, Jar Jar Binks. Oh, Jar Jar. Uh, what screen time? Mm. Yeah, he got a little dicked over on that this time around. But, again, George Lucas, you know, in his mind, thought that Jar Jar was going to be this big thing and was going to be a big part of the whole trilogy. We were going to have to add Jar Jar into this. How do you think we add Jar Jar into all this? So if if because George Lucas's original plan was to have the symmetry, the power tree, if you will, of having Jar Jar, how does he fit into this story? I think that Jar Jar fits into the story in that he is the only other person that knows about the Padme-Anakin relationship. Uh-huh. After finding out that she's pregnant, he is the one that comes forward to possibly the Senate or to the Jedi Council to say, they've uh, been doing it in the sheets. Uh, uh, I don't know how Jar Jar would say it. I'm not going to say it in his voice. But they, 
basically that's what it is. And if he if he says it to the council, to the Senate, then that puts them both uh, at risk. Uh, and but then I would it'd be really cool. If Padme like takes charge of that and says, yes, this has been happening, but these are the rules of the old. Why cannot? Why should we not be able to uh, introduce the rules of the new? Uh-huh. And then that could also be when the emperor take is like, you know, the next meeting is like. You know, Senator uh, Senator Amidala was correct. We need to introduce some new rules into here, and then she like inadvertently also helps cause that, which is part of what Anakin was going for. Or Jar Jar comes forward and tells the Jedi Council, or he's about to come to go tell the Jedi Council, and then Anakin kills him. Oh, Jar Jar, no! I honestly think that would probably be the the best way to go about doing it. That that's like. Anakin's first kills Count Dooku because he kind of has to because he's a bad guy and he's uh-huh. forced into it. Jar Jar's about to go reveal his secret, which if he's, you know, a good Jedi, he'll be like, of course, you shouldn't go do the right thing. Jesus. Takes out Jar Jar, and if Jar Jar is the heart and soul of this new, of the prequel franchise, killing him is the thing that takes him over to the dark side. Okay, I like that. Well, what would you, how would you include Jar Jar? I would probably take out all of Senator Organa. And just make that Jar Jar stuff. Because, <laughs> I mean, say if he is more of a prominent figure in the second one, he's, like, gone up into the ranks, and if he sees, if he lands on the Jedi Temple area and all the guards, the clones are like, yo, leave right now, Jar Jar would be like, whoa, he's so okay. And he walks away and then sees a Jedi get, like, shot, he'd be like, oh, whoa, things are going crazy. And then he just flies off, and then maybe... That's where he's like, we need to save Yoda and Obi-Wan. And then that's where, you know, he's still... I mean, because Organa does everything that Jar Jar could do also. I mean, know? yeah, the Organa character, besides taking Leia, like, at the end of the movie, like, he could be replaced with anybody. Hey, maybe Jar Jar goes undercover and takes oh, a and new name, just... and he goes Jar, uh, Senator Jar Organa. And then we find out... <laughs> Leia's dad that has been Jar Jar. And that's why she's so wacky in the original trilogy. You know? <laughs> why she fluctuates in accent between British and American. Is yeah, and her Jar Jar was her father. Her hairstyle's definitely Jar Jar's just like, oh, oh yeah. you're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna have these cinnamon buns. <laughs> No, that's that, that's good too. That's a that's a pretty. That's a. I mean, I'm sure that's what George Lucas originally would have had. But yeah. I think another thing that could have been interesting is if he sees that whole scene happen with the. Jedi getting killed and the uh, clones attacking them. If he does go to Anakin and it's like, Anakin, like they're attacking Jedi's, we need to save, we need to bring this alert, like everything's going crazy. And then Anakin's like, yeah, definitely. And that's when he kills Jar Jar. Yeah. I think that definitely is another thing in Jar Jar. I could be like, what? And yeah. then he's like, because it's so wizard. He kills him. Well, you just ruined everything now. Oh, no. You can't bring up wizard it's here. It's a wizard. But I do, I, I do think that he needs to he needs to die, but not for reasons like he's so annoying, but for reasons of if, if we're going to have this character that was this embodiment of innocence and, like, fun, and we're going to let the darkness creep in, just destroy him. Instead of giving him a moment as the ship crashes and, like, he greets Anakin coming home, and then a moment at the very end during Padme's funeral... Where he gets a close-up during Padme's funeral. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the last things you see is Jar Jar Binks. It's how you going to end your trilogy on, man. Yep. Got to end it on a high note. Yeah, I don't really have anything else I'd want to fix. 
Uh, I think I'm good too. Like like we said, if this movie fixed a lot of things I had problems with, like oh, yeah, Anakin yeah. not being a dick, not having the quips between Anakin and Obi Wan. And the opening scene does a good job of sucking you in, getting the feel yeah. of the relationship. Well, they definitely fixed a lot of the plot stuff. They fixed a good amount of that. It really is just the characters that they introduce or just neglect to give time to, which I I get in a nearly two and a half hour movie you can't you can't always give everybody the time but when you use the time that you do and not effectively then you could easily replace it with better stuff because yeah I, I really do think the main things are the Padme stuff the Grievous stuff and uh, and when you brought up Yoda that's a hundred percent need to fix his motivation for going to Dagobah and if we have to put Jar Jar in we have to put Jar Jar in yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the centerpiece for this whole film yep um, um yeah, so you got... Uh, so, fun got, facts. Yeah. So, the original, like, the original cut, not like... Because a lot of people are like, the original cut of this movie was five hours crazy. No, the original cut of anything is always, like, five to six hours because you put every single shot in the movie on a timeline so you just see everything. But in the original, like, somewhat of a cut, the first, like, space battle was... an hour long oh my like, god it actually really? it literally did take up like a third of the movie where it it was just so long because he just had so many ideas for like how he wanted this battle to go and like it should be like the thing that brings you into it and it but then they were like it it takes way too long like cut it in half and it still is a pretty long battle yeah, i like, would say it's still at least 30 to 40 minutes oh yeah even just the space stuff is like a solid 20 plus minutes and then when you include all the stuff that happens on the ship we we i think we push on an hour all right. All right. Yeah, yeah I so, can see that. So I think that's that. That was that was that, and that was a a good choice to cut it down, because it's still long, but it gives you just enough to have what you want. Yeah. I mentioned before that the script for Attack of the Clones in our last podcast was only written a couple months before the movie started production. Uh huh. <laughs> George Lucas learned from his lesson, and while they were shooting episode two, attack, while they were shooting Attack of the Clones, he started writing Revenge of the Sith. So he had a good amount of t- like a good amount of leeway to make this script, which it, it shows. shows. It shows <laughs> how Attack of the Clones felt so rushed, and this one definitely felt like it was taking more of its time to figure things out and like definitely working it out. And it does feel like it really was built off of Attack of the Clones, even though it does do its own thing. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. What do you? This might sort of go back into surgery. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Mace Windu dying? Like, do you think he should be killed by Boba Fett? That was something I knew when I was a little kid. I was, like, waiting to happen for Boba Fett to show up and kill him. No, I mean, I think we would have to have established Boba Fett in the movie sooner. Mm-hmm. And, like, he would have been, you know, one of the Emperor's top new guys. Or it could have been, you know, one of those scenes where it's like, he's on the phone, or on space phone, whatever <laughs> they use, and says, all right, you think you know what to do? I know you're a fresh face, but it's, we're all, uh, the Empire is counting on you. And then, you know, you have this big, this reveal where uh, Mace Windu looks down and is like, excuse me, young one, what are you doing here? And just annihilates him. Yeah. But it, it could have worked. But I do, I, I think if we're going to put the Jar Jar death in, uh, I think bo- putting Boba Fett as the person who kills Mace Windu is the better thing. Because what we're doing when, Mace, when he, Anakin kills Mace Windu is that's his indoctr- indoctrination to the dark side. Yeah. But... If Boba Fett kills Mace Windu instead, Anakin's indoctrination to the dark side is killing Jar Jar. Because that's, again, the innocence and the lifeblood 
And that's kind of even, it's more of a reason to be dark because Jar Jar wasn't really doing anything. Mace Windu was the one that was like, we're going to eliminate the, the dark side. And he's like, oh, but I, I still, I still want to save my girlfriend. Like, it still was for somewhat noble purposes. Yeah. If he kills Jar Jar, it's just to be like, I want to still be a Jedi. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know how Boba Fett would be able to kill Mace Windu because he's still a child, but... He inserts his clone genes in and he <laughs> upgrades really fast. Yeah. I, I see it more of a trade-off. If if Boba Fett kills... is Boba Fett is the one who kills Mace Windu. Anakin has to kill someone else. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Now, talking about... Uh, you know, I should have told you know 10-year-old Taylor that... Hey, man, maybe it won't look as good, because then we'll have to explain this other <laughs> stuff. But I was waiting for that as a kid. That's okay. Okay, is there any other fun facts you want to do? Uh, God, I, was, I think, I feel like there there was more. I mean, they, it's out, the way that I heard the lightsaber fight on Musafar between Obi-Wan and Anakin, like, they rehearsed that for months. Yeah, I could like tell. They, besides, you know, the CGI, like, you know, super flips and super jumps, all of the sword fighting was them, like, no stunt doubles, like, they were really going for it. And, like, everything else it shows, it really looks like they're, like, actually clashing, and, like, it's the intensity of the, the emotion of everything, especially because Anakin doesn't get that many lines. Yeah. That's what I learned about Hayden Christensen, is he's actually got really good, like, acting face. Like, he's really got, like, good expressions, and, like, he looks like he's angry or depressed or sad or happy, but then when he has to say words, <laughs> he's not good at that part. Yeah, but again, he's not given the best dialogue. Which is His fair. demeanor definitely is, like, what you feel. And I do think he gets a little more unnecessary crap for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, some of the line reads are not that great. But if we're going to give anyone crap, Natalie Portman really does yeah. not do the best. But I, well, you mean Academy Award winner Natalie Portman? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it really isn't fair. Because Hayden Christensen, he's he is a Golden Globe nominee. For another thing, which Golden Globes don't mean shit, but <laughs> it, it was a movie that he was given a, a good like claim for. Then he was in another movie that like he's he's in one of those cult movie not cult but underground really well perceived movies called Shattered Glass. Mm-hmm. That's like about him being a uh, a journalist who's trying to work on whether plagiarizing something, but still getting good credit for it and becoming a better person because of it is worth it. Because like if you plagiarize and you advance in your career and then you start doing better things. And the only bad thing you do is plagiarize. Is it really that bad? Or is it the act of plagiarizing you did the bad thing that taints everything else and that makes it all worse? George, is that the bad thing? George Lucas would just be like, oh, it's poetry. It's poetry. It's, it's not it. plagiarizing. Well, yeah, so I do agree that Hayden Christensen gets a little bad rep, but, like, there, he could, he still could have made certain things sound fine. Yeah, If yeah. people can make Quentin Tarantino's awkward-ass dialogue, like, Ooh, sound... take. It's awkward. It's yeah. it's quippy and it's super fun, but it's so long and explainy. Like it, that stuff has to like come from mouths of people who know what they're saying. You know, so I, that's 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 where I stand on that. I think that he, if people can make stuff like that and Aaron Sorkin dialogue, True. which also very good dialogue, but awkward as hell <laughs> to actually say out loud. If those things can be done, you can say George Lucas is awkward. You know. B movie romantic dialogue and still make it sound convincing because plenty of people do that in B level romantic movies. Yeah, yeah that's I, true. I, I just I think he he just I think the focus for George Lucas was on the effects in the world rather than the actors. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's all I got for it. It is it is really a good movie despite its problems. I think 
I think it's kind of why I like getting in depth on these specific problems more on this one is because I like overall the movie so much I want it to be better. Yeah, no, I agree. It, I, there are the things that we talked about would make it good, but I really think the first two are where he, George Lucas whiffed at mm-hmm. was because hey, this would be gut-wrenching, people would be crying if you actually set up Anakin and Obi-Wan better. Oh, yeah, if, yeah. if the relationships were better and the characters were better from the first two movies... Like, honestly, how much screen time do you think Obi-Wan and Anakin share in the first two movies? Uh, in the first one, they never speak to each other. It's probably, like, three minutes at most, and I'm being generous with yeah. that. No, that's that's ge- that's very generous, because I yeah. think the only three th- scenes they have is the first time Anakin comes on the ship, and it's, like, a couple shots. The second time, when they're at the Jedi Council, and it's mostly Qui-Gon talking and saying, I want to take on Anakin as a... Pa- as a Padawan, and then make Obi-Wan uh, a Jedi. And, and then, Obi-Wan never talks to Anakin. He's just like, wow, you're going to make me a Jedi. Yeah. And then at the very end with the party uh, on Naboo, they're just standing next to each other. Attack they have, of, like, the one scene where they're like, all right, I'm going to be your master. Yeah. But that that's it. And then I, Attack of the Clones, they, like, kind of talk are, sometimes. Are we, are we counting holograms? Like, I mean, we have to count, you know, all their interactions. So they have, they have the beginning. <sighs> the beginning, t- three minutes... Actually, well, okay, they have the chase scene, too. Then they separate. They meet up again at the battle and for Count Dooku's fight. Yeah. So it's probably, like, I'll be generous with this, too, like 32 to 35 minutes out of it. I mean, I think that's super generous, but, like, they... Yeah, they don't... I'm not... I'm just saying them in the same scene. It's not them talking. Yeah, I think that's... That's basically it. And then in this one, they, they're still not together for a lot of it, but they're together for that entire first third. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's like the best where we see the relationship, really. Yeah, and that's that's where I th- that's where I think it is. Uh, it is at its best because at at its heart, as much as George Lucas wanted to make this, you know, the love story that became, that tore them apart, the best relationship is probably Anakin and Obi Wan, but only thanks to this last movie. Yeah, no, completely. It's that's amazing. So there's probably four and a half hours of the first two movies and they spend 40 minutes together Mm -hmm. and then this one they spend that amount of time just in the first third of the movie yeah that that is a bummer with it yeah but again it's it's good to know that this honestly could have been great but it isn't so that we can you know you can take lessons from it and you can learn from it Mm -hmm. that's something that you love so much and that really is probably the biggest thing in pop culture isn't perfect but like, there still are. It still is the thing that you want it to be. It just wasn't put together that way. Yeah. All the puzzle pieces are there. It's just kind of a half finished puzzle. True. 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 Still, you know, probably like you know, seventy nine percent done or so. Yeah, seventy nine percent. Well, uh, speaking of seventy nine percent done, I guess we finished the prequels. Uh, yeah. That means Star Wars month is over, right? Oh no! Yeah. Wait, what do you? What do you mean? There's we finished the prequels. Those are the only only things that need to be. We did Rogue One and the prequels. Those are the only things that need to be improved in uh, Star Wars, right? Nope, nope, nope. Oh no! We, all right, we've been hinting at this all month now. We're finally gonna do it. Just gonna flat out say it now. My least favorite Star Wars movie is coming up next week. We're talking about Solo. And my most middle of the road Star Wars movie is coming up next week, and it's solo, and I'm very excited to discuss this with you. We have opinions. We, I, Oh, my God. The, 
this was a long podcast. So this might be the longest one we've done. Wait till next week, man. Yep. Oh my god, that one. This 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 records will be broke. Records will be broken. We'll have a good time. Uh, you know, a Star Wars month rages onward and Yep. Uh, you know, let's uh I want to say goodbye to George real quick. And uh, I got a oh, little hey, surprise hey, hey. for him. George, uh, hey, it's George here. Uh what do you what do you have for me? Oh, uh, we got this nice little thing. It's a <gasps> It's my Diet Coke. Yeah, oh, Coke. thank you for my Diet Coke. Uh, uh, oh, I, I, I appreciate it, and I'll be. Mm. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so glad I got my Diet Coke. Uh, you know, I can't wait to join you guys uh, next week for, uh, for, for Solo. Uh, it's, it's honestly my favorite of my own films. Oh, oh, God, George. Oh, Georgie. Oh, Georgie. Uh, well, thanks, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, and make sure to come in next week where we conclude Star Wars Month. And if you want the latest content from us, please like, follow, subscribe to us on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram. Leave a little review if you can. Put those five stars down there. We yes, appreciate it. It goes helps us a lot, a uh, long way. And uh, George, drink your Coke. <laughs> Everyone, stay tuned. Solos next week. It's gonna be something. May the Force. Be with us. Be with us.